This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to another episode of HFC Chat. We are delighted that we've got Rob Law joining us a little bit later on. We're going to look back at the last two results. Obviously, both 2-1 defeats against Solihull and Barnet, respectively. We've got a couple of new incomings. We've got Luke Hendry, who's sadly out for the rest of the season. A little bit more club news. And then that will be a wrap. But let's begin with the Solihull game. Davo, obviously, we both made the journey down to Birmingham last week for the game. I mean, what was your assessment of it? How were you feeling heading into it, followed by the game, and then how you felt leaving? Honestly, going into us, I was I was pretty confident. I had good belief that we could go there, put in a good performance, and come away with a, a relatively good result, whether that would be a draw or even better, three points. The game, as it turned out, was... It wasn't great. I mean, from our point of view, and just the game as a whole, generally, the atmosphere for a team who were up there challenging for the playoffs, it was poor. I mean, it was just dull. We we seemingly just strolled around. There didn't <clears throat> there didn't seem to be any energy, any urgency about us. Passes were taken far too long and to be fair, I, I I felt the way the game was going that no one was going to score. I just thought it was going to be one of those sluggish draws that just takes its time to come to 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 an end. But we we go one nil down frustratingly from a corner, um, a simple ball in, and I'm not quite sure if it was poor defending, poor goalkeeping, or both. I haven't watched the highlights back. Yeah, it was a mixture, I think. I think it was a mixture, and then. We'll fast forward, 2-0. Again, I haven't had the luxury of seeing it back, but it looked like it was a, a stupid error from Dixon. It looked erratic, and then they go 2-0 up. But at that point, you think, yep, game done, move on to the next one. But then in Pearl's fashion, we restore a bit of hope. Callum Cook with an effort from close range, and all of a sudden, there was urgency from Pearl's. There was urgency from us 
Pulis who travelled down in that stand behind the goal and you think, hey ho, there might be a late point for Pulis here. And we did come close. Manny Desiree, the one man you did think was going to score and his header just clipped the post and uh, the rest was history. Unfortunately, we didn't manage to scrape a, a draw and it was a, a two-on defeat, but it, was a, it wasn't a great performance and I think a, a point would have really, really would have flattered us, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean... I was very positive heading into it. I thought we could go there. I thought we could assert ourselves. We could put in a shift, get a result. I mean, we would won on a Tuesday night, hadn't we? So to get a point, followed up with a point at Solihull would have been a fantastic result in my eyes. And and as you say, I just think we were way too slow with Wallace and Feds in the midfield. We did actually miss TC. I thought, you know, we missed his energy that he'd shown. Obviously, picking up another another booking, death taxes, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But yeah, I think the performance was flat, like the atmosphere at Solihull. It was it was disappointing, and I think that was the overriding feeling coming away from it. We all knew that Solihull were a good side, a side that deserved to be up there. I think they managed the game very well, and and. Again, it's just frustrating to see that we we lose the game on off the back of of more simple mistakes from the back line, you know, and and that's that's something that's continued throughout the season. We felt like we've addressed that recently with the you know parks and waterfall, um, you know, coming coming into the fold and and two players that have turned out to be cracking signings for us. I mean, I really do hope that they can continue together at the back and and really push on if I'm not quite sure on the details of Tom Parks's deal I don't know whether you know whether that expires at the end of the season or not but I'm hoping he's someone we can compete uh, compete com- you know keep at the football club heading into another most likely I don't want to preempt anything but most likely another national league campaign we then of course turn our attentions to Barnet a game again, which we're at home. We know it'll be a tough team, but we'd seen a lot, hadn't we, on Twitter, you know, on, on Friday night, heading into the game, about the amount of injuries that Barnett had got. The, their fans weren't feeling too confident. So, you know, we're kind of thinking, well, perhaps we can bounce back from Solihull and, and get a really positive result and kind of get back on track. The results on Tuesday night all went our way in terms of the playoff teams. Um, and their games in hand, they went the way that we would want them to go. And it just feels, again, like when we drew with Woking, another missed opportunity yesterday um, when it came to when it came to the whole performance that we put in or lack of performance. I thought that we were very poor overall, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think enough players showed up, um, which I haven't found myself saying recently. But again, we look at the back line once Parks goes off. Um, you know, we we obviously didn't have waterfall starting. It's just disappointing. Um, again, is the word that we we didn't really seem to impose ourselves at all on the game yesterday. Don't get me wrong, Barnet, another good side. Clearly, reasons why they're up there. But I don't know about you, Davo. It just felt like a real lacklustre performance once again. Yeah, it was it was a, a poor viewing, that's for sure. I mean, first and foremost, and this is not an excuse before people obviously jump down my throat, but the conditions yesterday, they were appalling. The winds were 
I mean, if you were there, you know. I mean, but that's no excuse because Barnet were facing the exact same circumstances and they adapted to the game, adapted to the wind much better than we obviously did. But like you say, we didn't actually look like scoring in a month of Sundays, if I'm being brutally honest. We just looked, again, it, it was laboured. There was no real threat from pools and we struggled to, to create any meaningful opportunities in the game. Um, obviously, at two o'clock, it was disappointing to see Waterfall was missing. Um, and then to make matters worse, we then go on those parks to what's now being confirmed as concussion. So hopefully, with the, the break that we've now got in between now and the next fixture, he's back for the Maidenhead game. But it's frustrating. I mean, Barnett's first goal, it comes from a stupid goal kick from Dixon. Mm. Goes straight into the path of the Barnett player. He comes forward. There's no immediate thought from any of the Pills defenders to close him down or to at least stop the attack. I think he walks past Parks and it's a very, very tame effort that creeps past Dixon. And it's not the first time this season that I've seen goals just trickle past Joel Dixon. And Even then, as recent as last week against Solihull. Exactly that. You know, and you think, right, get it half time, 1 0, and regroup, and you come back out in the second half. You know, where the circumstance was a bit better, you know, we're playing against the wind. But then just before half time, Manny O cynically pushes the Barnet player, he gives away the free kick, and I actually said to the lad in front of me, I went over Joel Dixon's head, and as it did, it did, but it's, it's, it's stupid decision making like that. And I see Honorise do that maybe two or three times a game. It's just, it's stupidity. But yeah, I, I didn't see us getting back into that. And, when we did do, you know, Adjiman, Terrell Adjiman, who played the second half at right back, could ball into Featherston, a fantastic header, as much as my dad will disagree. <laughs> Great header, but again, too little, too late. And, and Barnes, as you do, passed it around, trying to keep possession around the back, and it, it was just a frustrating defeat. And it sums now two defeats in a row for Kevin Phillips, but like I alluded to just a minute or two ago, hopefully this break comes at the right time to recover to get some players back, your waterfalls, your parks, maybe your Yamaras. There was talks, I didn't know, after the game I was talking to someone today, apparently Callum Cook was suffering with this illness, the sickness bug. He only trained once this week, rumouredly. So, yeah, it comes at the right time and hopefully made Ned away. Hopefully we can get back on track. It's an opportunity to, to get three points. Do you think, and I know we'll ask Rob this later on, but do you think it's kind of been a bit of a, last couple of results of, Brought us back down to earth, the fans that we were, let's be honest, we were all getting a little bit excited at the prospect of, of a potential playoff push. But I don't want to be someone who's saying it's definitely not going to happen because it's still mathematically possible. But realistically, I think, you know, we should be aiming for as, as high a finish as we possibly can and, you know, take take from it as much as we can, both in learning and, and hopefully points-wise. But has it been kind of a... A period in the last two games that we've seen where we're really at, and that we're perhaps not quite at that playoff team level. I think so, and I think this is why, as fans, it is very important that you don't get carried away and you keep your feet firmly on the ground. And I was not immune from that. I was getting carried away. I remember that ultra young game. Once the third goal went in, I was shouting to everyone around me, "Book your hotels. We'll go to Wembley." And, <laughs> You know, rightly so, you know, because genuinely at that pace, we thought, you know what, maybe could we, but 
look, like you say, I think the inconsistencies have been there. You've named the walking game and Altrincham, even that game, we had, after a grim first half, we didn't even look like we were going to do anything, you know. We had to come from 1-0 down to win 3-1 and then, obviously, the Solihull game, we haven't had the same fortune. And then yesterday, it is a reality check. You know, we're not quite where other teams are. We haven't had the same luxuries. We've had injuries all season and the the squad depth's a real problem. So I think it is now just a matter of looking at the situation with a real sense of reality and gravity and just think, you know what? The fact that we were even talking about the playoffs was miraculous. You know, after that, um, the cup defeat to Hampton Richmond Borough, I had no hope, I had no faith and I was actually dreading the last couple of months. So, the fact that we were in the situation of even talking about a remote chance of the playoffs in itself was miraculous. So, like you've alluded to, I think it is a matter of now just using this break now to our advantage, come back and just try attain the highest possible league finish, go out with some momentum and come the summer, let Kevin Phillips do what needs to be done, which is seriously rip the squad apart, move the players on that need to be moved on and hopefully add some real quality because I've said to you, I've said to my dad and some of the other lads as well, you know, I think with Chesterfield seemingly going up now as champions and potentially Oldham going through the playoffs hypothetically, I think looking at who's coming down, who's coming up, it won't be easy still, but I think next season presents a really good opportunity for Pearls and I think, you know, I'd like to see his take it. You mentioned in your summary of yesterday's match, one of the new signings that we've made. So whilst you get the articles up regarding the two new signings that came in this week, I'm just going to talk about the departures we've seen. So a player that I'm actually gutted to be seeing going back, and I do hope is someone that we can get back next season. I think you do a real job at right back. I know we've still got Dan Dodds as well um, to come back from injury. But Luke Hendry, so the article came out on 26th of Feb. Ali Pooh United are saddened to confirm Luke Hendry is set to miss the rest of the season after suffering a hamstring injury. Hendry was forced off early on the Tuesday night against Altrincham, and after undergoing scans, he's expected to be out for the rest of the campaign. The defender has returned to parent club Bradford City as he completes his rehab process. We thank Luke for his efforts this season and wish him well in his recovery. Now, one player that I'm... Um, happy to see his return to his parent club because I thought he was absolutely awful, is Courtney Senior. <laughs> so, <laughs> Courtney Senior has returned to parent club Barnet upon the expiration of his loan deal. The winger made four appearances during his time at the Suit Direct Stadium, having joined on January the 26th. Davo, your views on Courtney Senior, please. I know you weren't too impressed when you were watching him at Solihull either. Ah. <sighs> I'm going to keep this brief. And on top of that, I'm going to keep it respectful as well. <laughs> I mean, look, this guy clearly lacks or has lacked minutes this season. And I think it evidently shows. Um, I think he needs to find himself somewhere, whether that's back at Barnes or another club come the summer, a club where he can just settle down and get regular minutes. I mean, the top and bottom line of it, he didn't really get much of an opportunity at pools. The bits that I did see, I just think he lacked sharp, like full match sharpness. And I think at this moment in time, for where we are, we need players who are on the ball, sharp, ideally experienced as well. So I think it's one that probably suits both parties, if I'm if I'm being brutally honest. Well, I'll let you take it away with both new signings that have joined the football club. I know you're going to get 
the articles up for us and you can just read what the club statement said. So take it away. So first and foremost, Pools were pleased to announce the return of Terrell Adjiman on loan from Middlesbrough until the end of the season. The versatile midfielder made five appearances at the South Direct Stadium between October and November and returns to Pools ahead of yesterday's home fixture against Barnes. Adjiman has been ever-present for Middlesbrough's under-23s this campaign and has previously gained experience with Charlton Athletic and Manchester City. Upon his return to Pools, Adjiman stated, I'm pleased to be back at the club and I'm looking forward to it. I want to get my head down and showcase my talent. I feel as though I've got a lot more to give from my last spell here, so I can't wait to get going. And the gaffer, KP, said, Terrell is chomping at the bit to get going. He's got unfinished business here. He's got a lot of ability and it's our job to get the best out of him. He's a different kind of player to what we've already got. So we offer some versatility and squad depth going into the business end of the season. And following Terrell's arrival at the South Direct, we then saw the arrival. And please, I, I'm going to apologise in fans because I'm not going to get it right. <laughs> so it was Kwaku Adora who also arrived on loan from Derby County until the end of the season. The right back has already gained experience in the National League this campaign, making 22 appearances for Rochdale during the first half of the campaign. He also spent 14 years at Manchester City as a youngster before joining Derby in July 2022, playing six times for the first team. Adora will wear the number 34 shirt at the South Direct Stadium and he will be eligible to make his debut in yesterday's home picture against Barnet, which we saw for them both. Upon joining Pools, he commented saying, I'm very excited to be here and I'm happy about the opportunity added ahead. Sorry, I want to get even more experience in this league and kick on. We've got a big test at the weekend. They're the games you want to play in, so hopefully I can show what I'm about. The head coach, Kevin Phillips, added, We're glad to bring Kwaku to the club ahead of Saturday's game. We've spent a lot of time since Luke Henry's injury identifying options available at this tricky time of the season, and we're pleased to be able to secure Kwaku until the end of the season. He's a young lad, but he's already played a lot of games in the National League, and we hope he can continue to develop his senior career with us. Jack, yesterday we saw them both start. Quacks obviously lasted 45 minutes until he was removed at half-time. Just a quick assessment on them both. First of all, trying to be as respectful as possible. I don't understand why we've brought back Terrell. I don't. Like, uh, in his first spell, I thought he was really poor. Personal opinion, of course. I've seen contrasting opinions on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, I think he just re-emphasised my point yesterday. Uh, he was sloppy on the ball. He couldn't find a pass. Um, he kept falling over and I just thought he looked out of place, to be honest with you. I mean, credit where credit's due. Fantastic ball in for Feathers header, which was a corker of a header. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't impressed and, and kind of struggled to see why we've brought him in, apart from to, I guess, support on the lack of bodies that we've perhaps got at the minute. And then on uh, Kwaku, yeah, I mean, being hauled off at half-time says it all. He's a young lad, I don't want to be too harsh on him. It's his first game that I've seen him play for Pools as well. So again, want to kind of give him a little bit of uh, the benefit of the doubt in that regard. But yeah... <sighs> We'll see what he can bring to the table. Terrell, I'm kind of not convinced on, but, you know, with with uh, Quacko, you know, 
give him every, every chance. It is difficult at this time of the season in in regards to recruitment to bring in players of any real quality, let's be honest, heading in with 10 games, now nine games left of the season. So yeah, my, my assessment of them both was pretty poor, to be brutally honest with you. I don't know whether you have much to add to that. Um, starting with Quacks, I mean, defensively, he looked frail, but I think his inexperience also showed massively. We didn't really get to see a, a great glimpse of his ability going forward. That being said, we didn't really get to see much of him. Um, very brave call from Kevin Phillips taking him off, but that's why he's in charge. He gets to make these big calls. I mean, in terms of Terrell Adjiman, at the start of the second half, I actually thought he went off for quacks. I couldn't find him, and then obviously I noticed he was playing right back. I mean, the first half, Adjiman, I mean, he was trying. He was trying to find the forward passes. I mean, I think with the way the game was going, he probably didn't really get a great opportunity to showcase himself. That being said, the second half, I actually thought he looked a lot better, a lot more involved when he was at right back, which, intriguingly, now makes for an interesting conversation because we've now brought in a right back in Quacks. Mm -hmm. You've also you've also got a right back at the club in Stevenson, mm -hmm. and now you've also got a, a player in, in Terrell Adjuban who's also comfortable playing at right back. So it's really an interesting debate as to who gets the nod at right back. Um which really begs the question why we've also brought in a right-back in Quacks. But look, I support what the club do and I support... Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Kevin Phillips' judgment, hopefully, you know, we get to see a lot more of these players in the final nine games of the campaign and a lot more of them. I mean, we need the bodies. I think in relation to your point about you're not sure why Adjaman's here, Mancini's injured, Crofts was out. I think, like you've said, this time of the season when you're down to the nitty-gritty stuff, you're not going to get decent, experienced pros. You are going to have to settle for those, these kind of players, the inexperienced, your under-23 kind of players who are who are just looking for experience, looking to heighten and progress in their career. But, I mean, as long as they do a job, give it their all, I'm sure we're all for it. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's kind of, we definitely needed another right back in, 100%, without doubt. I'd like to see Stevenson there. And, you know, I've kind of been a little bit unsure on him before the last kind of few times that he's featured for the club. And as soon as he came on against City Liverpool, I thought he added some quality. I know it was against that, that level of opposition, but he's shown and he's proved himself the last few games that he's he's featured in, um, in a in a personal taking a personal view on that, and I'd like to see him at right back. So yeah, it'll it'll make for very interesting reading as to where um where he will fit into the plans for the remaining nine games. Now, the final bit of club news is, of course, that the Gateshead fixture, we were meant to be playing them um, next Saturday, the 9th of March. But due to their progression in the Cup, we are now playing them on Tuesday, the 26th of March. So we will see how we fare when that fixture comes around. But to wrap up this episode of HFC Chat, we were absolutely delighted 
to welcome on our very good friend and everybody's favourite BBC T Sport and perhaps BBC um, Pundit will go that far, um, Mr Rob Law. And here is what he had to say earlier on when we were fortunate enough to speak to him. Well, Rob, it feels like a very long time since we were last fortunate to be blessed with your presence on the podcast, <laughs> August the 8th, as a matter of fact. But before we go any further, how is everything with yourself? Yeah, all good, lads. All good. Uh, happy to be back on. I can't believe 8th of August was the last time I was on. Have we? Uh, did you just not like me anymore or what? Well, Rob, <laughs> we, we've been trying to find a tactical way, as I said in the introduction there, how to tell you, but... Uh, no, it's uh, it's been, been, far, been far too long, <laughs> far too long. It has, mate, it has. Glad to be back, lads. Into the content then. First of all, how would you assess the tenure of Kevin Phillips so far? Have you been impressed? Yeah, I, I have. Um, I mean, when you look at, you know, if you... Obviously, the back-to-back defeats isn't great, but it probably gives him an idea of sort of where he is and what he's got to work with. But initially, I think he's, he's hit the ground running and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a good appointment, don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing that in any way. Um, but I did think it would take him a bit of time to 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 deal with what, what he was left with. Um, you know, Askey had... Uh, such a, uh, an awful run towards the back end of his tenure and confidence was really low and it just felt like you didn't know where the next win was going to come from. So with Phillips coming in, I thought he was a brave man to take the job, to be completely honest. Mm. I just thought, I, I wonder if he really knows what he's walking into here because, you know, he said in his, his first interview, he was he really desperate to get back into the game and he wanted to be a a manager slash head coach. He wanted to be involved in the game and he, he had been putting his, his CV in and putting himself forward for jobs and things hadn't quite come off the way he wanted to. And then when he saw the pool's job come up, he thought, you know, that it was a perfect sort of step for him in his career. So I did, I did wonder, oh, I really hope he knows what he's got himself into here. But I, I'm, it, it seems like he did. He, he knew exactly what he was walking into. I, I get the sense that the players love playing for him you mean you know when we speak to the players and we interview them and I think that comes across in spades um Callum Cook I remember interviewing him not too long ago and he was talking about how him and his whole family were Sunderland fans so to play for you know one of the legendary Sunderland strikers uh, of recent years and, and decades um he was absolutely buzzing as were all his family I know David Ferguson um as well is you know, back to his best as we've seen with with his performances, and I just think Phillips has a real knack, it seems, of getting in and amongst the players and being able to relate to the players, and the players being able to relate to him. And as a result, I think that's why we saw the the reaction that that he had initially, or the the reaction that he got from the players initially when he came in. I, I thought it would take longer to sort of clear the clouds that were hanging over the squad and the confidence and everything. But he seemed to dispel it almost immediately. Uh, and I think that's a testament to his man management skills. I think it's a testament to sort of just him as a person. Uh, because the one thing I would say about him, and, and I, I think he comes across in interviews, but just in, just to make sure there's, there's no mistake, I mean, there's absolutely no ego there whatsoever with Kevin Phillips. He's 
down to the ground. He's a genuine bloke. Uh, and I think because of that, that he, it, it's just galvanised everybody. And as I say, just lifted people when the confidence was really low and, and you did worry what the season was going to hold. But he's come in, he's lifted it, he's got them playing some good football as well at times. And, and granted, you know, defeat at Solihull Moors, which was a weird game for anybody who was there or anyone was watching the streams or listening to us on BBC Radio T Sport. Like, it was just... It was almost like a friendly. It was just so bizarre. It was such a flat atmosphere and both teams weren't at it at all. And then the Barnet game uh, on Saturday just sort of seemed to roll off the back of the Solihull game into the Barnet game. So I think this break probably comes at a good time and those two results probably give Phillips... um, and just it probably just holds a bit of a microscope up to things for him and, and solidifies a few things that he was probably already thinking in terms of the squad and the depth of it and the quality in there that he has in which to pick from when that first 11 isn't fit. So all in all, to make a very long point <laughs> shorter, um, I just think it's been a, a good start with a little bit of a reality check in the last two games that probably gives him... A, a real idea of what he's got to deal with now. Well, it's not the first time I find myself agreeing with absolutely everything you've said, <laughs> Rob. Um, but you've touched on sections of it here and the question that I'm about to put you as well. Um, but it's fair to say before Phillips came in, Pools fans, including myself, including you, Davo, were fearing the worst in regards to our league position. Then in a matter of weeks, we started to think, you know, can we actually do it? Can we perhaps sneak it? There's always one team that makes a late playoff push. A pool's going to be that team this year. And then following the last couple of results, as you've said, Solly Hull and then Barnett, would you say it's fair to say that it's kind of been a bit of a reality check to where we actually are as a club? Yeah, I think so. I, it's a tricky one because I think that starting eleven that, that Kevin Phillips has is is able to compete and beat any team in that division. And I I would put Chesterfield in there, and people may even look at me strange for saying that, but earlier in the season, we saw when Pools had a fully fit starting eleven that absolutely put Chesterfield to the sword, and then the injuries crept into the game, and the game turned on its head, and we all know what happened from from there on in. So I I just, I think it is that, that starting eleven is absolutely good enough. And I think he knows that as well, that where the quality is. They've clearly got quality up the top end of the pitch with Manny Desirouwe, who, you know, I said to him in the interview last week, everybody is doing the whole Rio Ferdinand, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer meme, aren't they? You know, put the <laughs> put the pen down, give him the piece of paper, let him write down whatever figures he wants and sign the contract. That's what everybody feels about Manny Desirouwe and Hartlepool United and the future. He clearly uh, has got the top end of the pitch um, sewn up and, and sorted. I put Joe Gray in there with, with him as well because Joe Gray's best goals returned so far in his career seems to really be coming into himself uh, and, and growing into his role within the team. I think he, again, is another player who will really benefit working under, under Kevin Phillips. Um, and then you go to the midfield, it's clear that there needs to be more depth there when... Mancini isn't fit and playing and maybe you know Callum Cook can we all know can unlock a defence with one pass on on a good day but maybe when things aren't quite going his way 
is there another option there? Um, so th- that is an issue that needs to be addressed. And defensively, we all know the impact that Tom Parks and, and Luke Waterfall have had. But we saw on Saturday when Parks and Waterfall aren't aren't there, it, it almost reverts back to what we saw previously in, in the season. So mm. that is where pools have, have fallen down. In, in recent games, I think with the injuries finally starting to take their toll again under Phillips. Um, and hopefully it, it might be a, almost a blessing in disguise. I don't think there's any doubt that the people at the club, you know, whether it be Phillips, whether it be uh, head of football operations, Joe Monks, whether it be Raj Singh himself, um, I don't think there's any doubt for them as to where the issues are and where it needs to be addressed in the summer and and how to take it on again the next step. I think those, that is clear, but I just think those last two games in particular have maybe just highlighted it even more. So, yes, maybe a, a reality check. I know a lot, of, a lot of the players before the Barnet game were really talking about and fully believing that they could make the playoffs. There was a real belief from talking to the players that, yeah, well, if we do this and that happens and, you know, we keep on with our form and we do this, we can absolutely get there. Why Why not? I do think that those two defeats now may have just switched that. But, yeah, I think um, it, it's just... It's laid the problems and the, the issues that Pools have had all season. It's just laid it bare for every single person to see in the last two games, I would say. And that being the, the depth and the, the quality and the depth in the squad. Well, just on the back of this then, Rob, what would you say is a successful end to the campaign for Pools? Oh, well, was nine games left. Ten points between Pools and a playoff spot. So you've got 27 points left to play for. Mathematically, absolutely, it's still it's still there. Um, realistically, I don't. I think it's going. You know, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, and I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But I, I think it's going to be a step too far now, just with those back to back defeats and, and teams above um, picking up points and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah. Even with 27 points left to play for, nine games left, 10 points between pools and a playoff place, I just I just think that, again, that strength in depth could potentially cost them. And look, I hope in a few weeks' time when pools uh, are back in action and they've got, Kevin Phillips said it after Saturday's game, you know, touch wood, a fully fit squad to pick from. They might be absolutely flying and they might make me seem like a mug for saying that they might just miss out on the playoffs. And I hope that's the case. Um, but I think right now, looking at things as they are, uh, they might just come up short. I think if they could finish, you know, what, inside, sort of towards that playoff picture, uh, I think that, that is a successful season. Um, considering where they've come from, and that's the one thing I think we have to keep in mind is at one point, Pools were 16th and looking like they were heading for a relegation battle. Mm. And it, it looked really bleak, didn't it? Let's be honest. It, it looked really, um, really worrying. Uh, and I think every Hartlepool United fan would probably admit to that, that they were worried about the possibility of relegation with the run of form and 
the way things were going, that's changed now. And everybody is looking up the table and what a relief that is. Um, so let's just hope that they can finish as high as they possibly can, get a good run of games together. And also in these last nine games, potentially show other teams, other players as well, who might be looking for a move in the summer, just exactly what Hartlepool United are all about and how they mean business and how next season, you know, they put the marker down so that everybody looks at Hartlepool and thinks, oh, next season, you know, they've finished strong there next season. They might be one of the teams really pushing if they recruit well and they do, you know, they do all the, the things right off the field. They might be one of the ones to, to watch and let's hope that that's the case. So I'd say a successful end of the season would be, you know, getting a good run of games together, getting an unbeaten run, um, rolling again, and everybody's confidence high. Get you know the fans back filling the Vic as as they have done all season, just close to five thousand there on Saturday, which is insane. Um, and just yeah, put a bit of a marker down and show other clubs and potential players who might be interested in a move to the club in the summer, just what they're about and how serious they really are for pushing up and getting back into the the EFL. Now, Rob, we all love listening to your talk and, and having you on, etc. but we don't know when we'll be fortunate enough to get you on again. So can we just end this section by asking you what you think is in store for Pools for the remainder of the season? Realistically, I know you've hoped what you would say is a successful end, but what mm. do you really think is going to happen and where... Which position in the league table do you think we will finish? Well, first things first, lads. Uh, happy to come on any time. So uh, just give me a shout and always a pleasure to come on and chat with you. But um, in terms of, I think pools will be oh, eighth or ninth. I think that's where they'll. What, I think that's where they'll end up. I think they'll just they'll just miss out on the playoffs. Uh, but I, I think they'll be one of the teams in and around that that sort of space, eighth or ninth, uh, I think. And as I said earlier, I mean, considering where pools were and the season they've had, with all the things going on, on the field and off the field, um, I said it on Saturday for our coverage on BBC Radio T-Sport, said, you know, going into that Barnet game, a real possibility that they could sneak into the playoffs and what a turnaround that would be. What a story that would be for Hartlepool if they could do it. After everything they've been through this season, after everything the supporters have been mm. through this season and all the emotions and everything in between, to, to sneak into the playoffs um, would have been and would still be incredible. Uh, I hope it happens, but I do think that just realistically with the squad... Uh, they'll probably fall just short. Eighth or ninth is where pools will end this season, I think. But as I say, I really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not being funny, Rob, but as you've alluded to there, I'd snap your hand off for finishing there. If you'd said to me a few weeks back, look, you're going to finish eighth or ninth, you're going to have a strong end to the season, you're going to restore some pride. I was, I was saying this to Davo yesterday as walking down Clowns Road. I said, look, for me, one of the biggest successes from the end of this season that we've had so far is that I'm actually looking forward to going to games again. I feel yes. like the players care and they're together. And I know it's little things, but and it might sound stupid to many, the team huddle, 
before a game, when they get in a huddle, it just feels like they've really bought into what Phillips is wanting the team to, you know, the team to be like and to aspire to be. And to see that pride once again, I mean, even when we scored last week at Solihull, you know, the lads were just so fired up to get back in the game and it really does feel like they care. And for me, and I think I've probably said this to you personally at times this season, I've felt like, are people actually bothered? Like, do they want to play for the shirt? And for me at this point in time, it's completely evident that they do. And I take that as a a huge success from where we've come from. And if Phillips is responsible for that, even better, because that tells me that we've got something that we can look forward to moving forward with the right recruitment, with a positive end of the season. And perhaps, you know, slowly but surely, we can get back to where we want to be. So let's hope that you're correct with everything you've said, apart from not sneaking into the playoffs, <laughs> even though we all know that's the realistic, realistic yeah. thing that we probably will miss out. I, I know I'm completely aligned with what you've said there, but thank you once again for your time. All joking aside, it's been brilliant to have you on and um, we really do appreciate it and we look forward to welcoming you on, hopefully in the very near future. No, thanks a lot, lads. Really appreciate it. Happy to chat anytime. And um, yeah, keep going with the podcast. Love listening to it. I always, uh, on the long away journeys, I always have it on um, just to just to get the thoughts of, uh, of you guys and the, the, the guests that you have on and stuff. So uh, it's, I always enjoy listening to it. So keep going with it. It's uh, always, a, always a good listen. Well, it is always a treat to sit down with our very good friend, Mr. Rob Law. And hopefully it is not too long until we get him back on to the podcast. But that does bring to an end this episode. The boys now head into a week's break where we can hopefully recover, recess and come back firing in that Tuesday night game against Maidenhead. But as ever, keep the faith, back the boys and never say die. We will see you in the next episode of your favourite Hartlepool United podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.